Hey guys, welcome back. I'm calling this season four. And today's topic I think is pretty important. It's called, is my therapist being replaced by artificial intelligence? And I've been getting a lot of these questions and I'm sure it's something on all of our minds. Um, and I really wanted to have an opportunity to talk about it. But first, I just wanna say uh, two things. Firstly, I really appreciate the feedback and I really encourage you to please reach out, send me an email at josephtropper, J-O-S-E-P-H-T-R-O-P-P-E-R at gmail.com. I do read every single email. I can't promise you I'll respond, um, but definitely want to be in touch with people and tell me more topics you want to hear about, questions you have, mental health, etc. Um, I'm really doing this because this is my way of reaching more people and uh, hopefully making a difference in your life. So um, this question is really, really fascinating to me because I've always loved technology and just looking at the world around us and seeing how things are becoming more digitally available is really, really cool and also scary at the same time. And I know for the last hundred years, there's books and movies about you know sci-fi kind of taking over the world. And so I wanted to take my stab at it as well. And I kind of broke it down into uh, five categories. So um, in doing and preparing for this um, discussion, I actually um, did research. I spoke to about 10 different professionals, doctors, lawyers, mental health professionals, and I had a couple of very short and to the point interview questions like, um, do you think that you'll be replaced by a machine? Um, do you think a machine could do better uh, than you and doing the jobs that, that you're doing? Uh, are there things that you think a machine can't do yet or ever? Um, and you know why is that? And, and also, when do you think that you'll be replaced by a machine if you think that that's coming? Um, and really, really fascinating um, questions. I also um, interviewed the chat GPT itself um, on this topic and got some very, very thoughtful um, answers as well. So um, without further ado, let's talk about is my therapist being replaced by artificial intelligence? Um, so let's first zoom out and, and let's talk about some of the benefits of therapy by itself so that we actually have a context of what we're talking about in this replacement. And I will give credit um, that I was pretty impressed by um, um, by chat, um, as far as chat GPT, as far as many of its responses, I thought were very, very, um, spot on. Um, but not in the counseling part. Um, I did ask questions about, you know, depression and other things. And, and, and I'll tell you exactly how, how I think it can still be used. Um, but let's first zoom out. What are some of the benefits of mental health? So, uh, mental health counseling is designed to help, um, you, get on top of things that are going on in your life, whether it's a crisis, whether it's a family situation or a transitional issue that you're going through. Um, it's helped to, it's, it's there to help you gain self-awareness. It's there to um, enhance your relationships. It's there to teach you how to deal with stress, uh, stressful issues, difficult situations. Um, and it's there to give you diff, um, support during times of crisis and, and or times of, of challenges. And so the question that I'm asking is, you know, can that be replaced by artificial intelligence? So I've divided it into five categories. Um, the first is, I'm gonna actually work my way backwards. The first is the cost, um, because therapy, as we know, good therapy costs money. Um, the second one is the um, uniformity of sometimes uh, what programs bring. The third is the skill required to be a good therapist. The fourth is empathy, which I think is a separate category. And the fifth is miscellaneous things that um, hopefully we'll have time to elaborate on, on all those. Okay, so let's talk about cost. So obviously, um, one of the reasons that many of these online uh, therapy uh, options have started popping up is because the platform is cheap and it's a lot easier. I mean, if you could imagine the, um, when I asked um, this chatbot, you know, how many people he or she or it speaks to a day, it says, you know, I don't, I don't keep track of those things, but I'm obviously designed to speak to multiple people. So 
the, the uniformity of, you know, when there's a crisis and we need to be able to reach out and talk to people, um, you know, there's only so many human beings, there's only so many therapists uh, to go around. And so this idea of being able to reach more people um, is something that's phenomenal. And obviously the cost is going to go down because, um, you know, it doesn't cost nearly as much. You're not paying any person for their hours. You're paying for the technology or whatever it costs to develop, um, which obviously, you know, factors in the price. Um, even Chatbox GPT is smart and they have an upgraded $20 a month plan that I'm not exactly sure what it even offers you. I didn't get a straight answer either, quite frankly. Um, you know, maybe some new access to new features. But anyway, so um, I think that the cost of therapy might be something that would be beneficial, but I, I, I don't, I'm not convinced that the quality of therapy would, would be there, but it's just something to think about. The second thing is a uniform, uh, uniformity. And that's something that I really feel strongly about. And, um, you know, when someone comes into our office to work with us, there is a certain protocol of diagnosis, a certain protocol of getting a history and understanding what they're going through. There's also a protocol of, um, you know, hey, if somebody says that they're going through depression, then do we want to assess for a recommendation for medication, which obviously would be in place to talk to a doctor about that uh, in certain in certain and many most circumstances. Doesn't mean that they're going to need to take medication. Um, in fact, probably most of my clients that have mild or even moderate depression don't, and even some with severe, uh, as long as they're not you know suicidal or in danger of hurting themselves or, or others. Um, so, um, but that's you know a certain aspect. But there's also certain protocols that I would go through to determine whether I want to do a workbook with them um, and whether I want to do a certain book that I want to recommend, maybe. Uh, Feeling Good by David Burns is one of my favorites, or DBT Workbook. Now, let's zoom out for a second, because this uniformity is actually quite interesting. And that is, you know, does every single client of mine that come in get the exact same service? Well, I like to say that they get the exact same compassion in the sense that I try to be a compassionate, present person, um, but I'm also a human being. And I think that is part of why people are really fascinated with, you know, autopilot and these things, because they do cut out human error. Um, you know, there are times where, let's say, I might yawn during a session and someone might take that offensively. Of course, I'll apologize and say, excuse me. And most people would, you know, take that okay. But I've had some clients that, you know, took it personally. Oh, you think I'm boring. And we've had to discuss that. And, you know, they don't know that uh, my child was up in the middle of the night uh, for four hours. And, I, you know, therefore, I'm just really tired. And it's nothing to do with them. But that uniformity of, um, first of all, just not having the human error part in whatever it is delivering and also being able to assess certain things is really, really helpful. For example, I use a lot of assessment tools with clients and there are many, many um, automatic sites now that actually allow me to send them a digital copy and it actually scores it digitally as well for some of it. Now I still have to interpret the information, but it's still there. And so I would actually argue that there is a great benefit of having a certain uniformity of whether it's a workbook that I actually do with everyone, uh, which I do, you know, anyone that's ever worked with me knows that I always give homework to a certain degree and I always have, you know, workbooks because there is a uniformity of what I want to cover. I also have my own internal uh, list of things that I'd like to cover with every single client, which, um, you know, whether it's the intake and getting certain information, certain questions I've developed over the years that I ask that are telling, etc. So it's, this is really, really fascinating to me, just having that uniformity and that checklist. Um, the next part is the skill. And um, what I want to say is that um, when I asked uh, chat GPT, it actually gave a good answer. Um, as to whether um, do you think you'll take over as a mental health therapist. As an AI language model, I'm not equipped or qualified to take over as a mental health therapist. While I could provide information and guidance on a variety of topics related to mental health, it's important to seek support from licensed and trained mental health professionals for individualized care and treatment. And that is really, really important. Um, and then I explained, we, we went back and forth. Mental health therapy is a complex and nuanced field that requires extensive training, clinical skills, and ethical considerations. Only licensed, so it really, really knows 
its uh, role. And I, I very much appreciate that. I really, really do. I, I, I played around with it as well. And I asked it, why did you ask for all my information at sign up? And it gave me a whole speech about, I don't collect or share your data. And, but every, you know, app, you should, first of all, it said also you should read the app's privacy policy because they have a right to ask for whatever they want, but there's security reasons, personalization reasons, communication, analytics, etc. which uh, I thought was very honest. Um, and, and it's kind of in this world that we live in, it's there. So a lot of the skills of becoming a therapist are very, very important. For example, my chiropractor that I interviewed, um, he told me that some of the skills that he has um, involve certain, he said, could you imagine a machine that does the things that I do? He said, if I'm pushing too hard, I get human contact. I feel that your body's not responding or I hear your grunt. He said, how could you train a machine to do that? Even if you could, you know, th that that's something that I think is just years and years off. And I, I think, you know, if, if my opinion isn't coming through already, I, I do not think that your uh, therapist is going to be replaced by AI. I do think that there are many apps that could put you through uh, really helpful things. Like, for example, I recommend Noom to a lot of my clients, N-O-O-M, for who are trying to lose weight because I think it's a great program for those that don't mind counting their um, calories, which for others, it's extremely mind-numbing. There are many, many mindfulness apps that have a uniformity to them and are great adjuncts to therapy. Um, there, are, there are many, many apps that, that I work with, but I don't see that taking the place of the skills that are necessary. The fourth argument I have that I don't think your therapist is going to be replaced by AI is empathy. Empathy is something that another human being cares about me. I did not feel any personal connection to the um, to the chat GPT. And I know a lot of people have worked with it for many months, and I've only, you know, been working with it for, for uh, you know, a week. Um, so, you know, I find it entertaining and fun. Tell me a joke and, you know, all the other immature things that kids do, et cetera. Um, and it's just, it, it's fascinating to me. And it's, it's very professional and very organized as well. Um, but I don't feel any empathy. I don't feel any connection. And if somebody unplugged the computer, I, I wouldn't feel like I, I lost anything in my life. And so I just want to say that for me, the greatest thing, especially with trauma work, which is something that I want to focus a lot more on going forward and what we talk about, that is a lot of the feedback I got. And that's something I hope to talk about. I do think that that empathy is a huge part of of therapy. Um, and then finally, the last part is the miscellaneous things. So miscellaneous um, were a lot of different categories from a lot of different people. Um, a lawyer I spoke to said, you know, there's the, a case is so nuanced. Um, and, and, and one of the things that the lawyer said was that I would love to have a chat, um, you know, AI go through my case and understand it and make recommendations. But um, she said, but I already have a paralegal that does that. And the paralegal is actually very well trained and they know how I think and they know, I know what they think. And, and, and I like that human contact. And then as a starting point, you know, I could do a lot more work there. And I'll say as a therapist that I love collaborating with other therapists. I love collaborating with other professionals who are working with people because then we get more information. And so I don't mind an AI. Um, for example, I asked, you know, if somebody is in crisis, what do they do? And it has, you know, numbers you could call. If somebody is depressed, what would you recommend? And yes, there are lots of books that are recommended, which are helpful. So I think that as an adjunct, these things are all very, very helpful. But in the long term, I don't see uh, the field of therapy being replaced by AI, but I do see AI being very helpful to therapists um, to give uniformity, to lower some of the costs for some of the things that can be very easily uh, replicable. For example, I think that a lot of therapists, myself, I do this, uh, should be creating courses. For example, I have a course called The Psychology of Apology, How to Give an Apology. I should give a whole speech on that. It's something that I've worked on and I'm very, very proud of. Um, it's not something that came easy to me. And it's a three-hour um training about how to give a healthy apology and how to receive one and how to not be nasty about it. So 
Um, that's something that's uniform. I could send that. I have courses on how to enhance your relationship, how to, how, to, how to work on your anxiety, how to work on your own life. Some of the thoughts I share here, but obviously the people that I work with, um, you know, professionally and personally um, get a lot more, you know, stuff from me. I, I have, um, you know, parenting classes. Um, that's all uniform. And I could send that to someone and say, hey, watch it. By the way, for example, the parenting class called Healthy Parent Advantage is a one hour training, which my one client of mine says, I, l- I listen to you on double speed. I love it. By the way, a lot of people do it on podcasts. Uh, I myself do. I'm very, I'm a very impatient person, and I love podcasts. I'm a, I, I, I walk every single day and jog a little too sometimes, and I listen to podcasts. So, if I'm joining you on an exercise journey, I'm happy to be with you as well. Bottom line is, I don't think your therapist, and I don't think most professionals are going to be um, replaced for a long time, uh, or it, maybe not even at all. But one thing I do know, um, all these professionals are using these artificial intelligence and information that we get uh, to become more and more educated and to become more and more powerful. Let's not forget about the human touch and the things that we do, because I think that's still important. And I think that that is the most important thing in my relationship with my clients and the people that I connect with. So thank you for joining me. And I'd love to hear your thoughts as well. Joseph Tropper at gmail.com. Please be in touch and have a great day.